Hi, this is Lon Strohshine, and congratulations on finding the Normal 40 podcast. If you found me, well, it wasn't by accident. This just might be the first day of the rest of your life. And I'd be honored if you'd join me on my journey, or better, let me join you on yours. Dude, if you're here, then it's clear we're going to be good for one another. And let's face it, the price is right for both of us. I'm going to see you on the next page, boss. Hello, welcome back to Normal 40, the podcast. My name is Adam. I am your co-pilot today. Happy to be joined by a, uh, a good friend of the show. In fact, the reason for the show, he is uh, he's your lead pilot. He's a dude you need to know. He's also the founder of the Normal 40 movement. His name is Mr. Lon Strohshine. And Lon, uh, before we get ripping here today on this episode, how are you feeling, my friend? How's the day treating you so far? Man, it's been a, it's been a really good day and a, a really good actually spectacular week so i'm 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 feeling primed and ready man i think this is a great topic and i can't wait to get into it and we're gonna we're gonna touch back on uh, on the feelings thing i know if you've listened to previous episodes of the uh, of the pod and we appreciate you for doing that you've recognized we've been talking a little bit about feelings not the most easy topic i think to discuss but the feedback we've we've gotten through the first couple episodes has been tremendous so we're going to keep on that theme uh, and we'll, we'll tackle a heavy one today. But Lon, one of the things I love most about what you do with Normal 40 is your ability to bring people together, your ability to create groups of individuals who are all striving in the same uh, in the same direction. And it isn't just one person helping one person. It, it's a bunch of people helping out. And uh, you talk a lot about showing up. And if you just listen to the intro to this episode, you may recognize something a little different than you've seen or heard in previous episodes. And uh, it's a really interesting storyline. And I'd love for you just to take a few quick minutes and kind of share a little bit about the the musical accompaniment you just heard as you introed yourself into the show today. Oh, man, I'm so glad you brought this up. So look, this this whole podcast I said on podcast one is for you. I mean, it's for the listeners. And, and if if it isn't if it isn't helping people, you and I are wasting our time, Adam, and we, and we know that. So, so I put an I issued a call to to the um, normal forty group, and I just said, hey, look, uh, I'm interested in somebody putting together some some music as bumper music for the podcast, and I got reached out to by Damien Boudreaux, who is jet classically trained jazz guitarist, and he's like, how's this? And he sent this clip, and I'm like, that's pretty badass, man. So we're like, this, this is this day. So uh, uh, Damien, thanks, man, for, for bringing it. And uh, um, this, this is what I'm talking about, about an organic podcast built by and for dudes who show up here. Yeah, it's, it's a great track, and uh, I think it really uh, leads off the show very well. I think it captures the vibe of the show. And uh, again, we're open to any and all ideas. Make sure you, you you feel free to message myself or Lon if you have ideas, something you think you can bring to the table. Uh, to Lon's point, this is your show. We get a chance to, to be sort of the, the voices and the faces for you and, and of you. Uh, but make sure you reach out to us if there's something that you think uh, we can work on or we can continue to add in. Um, Let's talk about today's topic, Lon. It's a meaty topic, and it's something that maybe is apropos. We uh, we were recording this uh, in real time a few weeks before Halloween, and one of the themes of Halloween, obviously, is fear, Lon. That's a it's a major emotion. Uh, we we do a, a very cartoonish job in the Halloween sector of of sort of creating and uh, and augmenting fear for individuals. But fear, in some respects, is certainly no uh, no joking matter. It's not it's not necessarily a fun matter. And it sounds like it's one of the one of the key items that people kind of wrestle with. One of the key feelings people wrestle with as they think about making this transition, inspiring themselves and others to make a change for the second half story. So I want to dive into fear a little bit today with you, because I imagine you hear that uh, a bunch. But before we get into stories, I actually want to start very simplistically with you. In, in your conversations with individuals, and I know your, your goal is to talk to a thousand people and you're talking to hundreds and hundreds a day. What does fear mean? What are the what are the most common forms of fear that manifest themselves throughout the conversations that you've had a chance to have over the last you know several months? It it comes in about a hundred different packages and shapes and sizes, but it and it kind of comes from from everywhere. Um, so 
I hear dudes come to me and, and they all think that the problem they're experiencing and they don't know what, they don't even know it's a problem. They just know it's a feeling. It's, it's this gut level feeling where they don't feel quite like they used to just a few years ago and they don't know how to get it back. And, um, and so we talk, by the time we get talking and we get into what their story is and where they want to go, ultimately we end up, or I get asked the question, something along the, the lines of, I can't leave right now because I've got a, bills to pay. I've got a family to care for. And it seems irresponsible for me to, to leave and to think about leaving and think about chasing my second half story. And the thought of not having income would be unsettling. It would be very scary. And then they, then they make an assumption and, and it doesn't matter if you're an executive who has been making hundreds of thousands of dollars or an individual who's been making tens of thousands of dollars. You think whoever is not you has it easier. If you're an executive who's been making hundreds of thousands of dollars, you think the person who was, had spent the last four or five, six years making 50, $60,000 a year has it easier because the trade isn't as big. But if you're the person making fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year, you look at the other person who's gonna walk away from a hundreds, you know, a salary of hundreds of thousand dollars. Think, well, they had it easier because they made money that whole time. The whole point is this: when you think about making a change, it's scary, and it's scary because it's your change to make. And and I get it. It's I get it. It's it, your your change is harder than somebody else's because it's yours and it's scary. Um, and so that's, that's the thing we keep coming back to again and again in, in every one of these conversations. The fears you hear about, you know, and I'm asking you to maybe, you know, give me some percentages here. How much of that fear do you think is real fear, meaning imminent fear, if do X, Y is going to happen to me pretty quickly? And how much do you think is perceived fear? You assume this might happen. You think this might happen. How often do you kind of see those two things and, and how do they weave themselves differently in conversations you have? Uh, such a good question. So here, let's just talk about fear for a second. Um, in fear, what is it, right? What is it? We feel it. We know it. And certainly in the context of Halloween, it all makes sense. It's fear, uh, you know, things that scare you. But fear in this context now I'm talking to I'm talking to the individual who's somewhere between 35 and 55. They've lived a really they are living and have lived a really good life. They've done things that they're proud of, and they've got this feeling now that they can't quite articulate. And so this that that's the person I'm channeling. And I want to talk about fear. What is fear? It's it's an unpleasant emotion, um, and it's an unpleasant emotion caused by someone or something. All right. So let's think about that. Fear is an unpleasant emotion. That's what we're talking about here, Adam, emotions. Mm -hmm. And it's an emotion that's driven by someone or something we perceive to be dangerous or to cause pain. Okay, so now back to your question, is it perceived or real? I don't know, but we've, we've convinced ourselves it's real. Whether it's real or not is secondary to the fact that we believe that we've identified something or someone who has put fear in us and it's an, and it's driving this unpleasant emotion. And for me, I, and, and I, I view fear a little bit differently. Mm. It is those things. It is an unpleasant emotion. No doubt about it. It's an unpleasant emotion and it sucks because it's right up there with anxiety and it's up there with, with um, you know, all the, all those gross yucky terms that we don't like to talk about. But fear to me is just a loss of control. Fear to me is the moment you've given someone or something the ability to have control over how you fear or have an opinion, perceived or actual, over how something like your, your, your future will transpire. We've given it away. We've given up control. We've given up our freedom. We've given up our ability to have uh, our influence. We've given it to someone or something, and that's generating fear, and it's keeping us where we are. And at the end of it, the conversation, the conversations are around what is it? Put a name on it and put a, put a person's name on it if it's a person. Put a company name on it if it's a company. 
put a name on what it is so that we can deal with it. Because once you name it, once you put a name on what it is that you're scared of, you can do things to get around it. And then what do you do? You kind of get some control back. And that's what you really want. Well, it's interesting though. How much of the fear do you think is is just sort of in, in someone's own mind? It's not a person. It's not a thing. It's just, it's in their own mind. It's an internal fear. It's an internal voice. So in, in, in reality, the fears themselves, right? How do you, how do you sort of get control back over yourself? And especially as you're thinking about some of these deeper, larger, bigger picture items that, that represent potentially your second half story. Yeah, man. Um, fear is, fear is real. Um, and it really can stop you from chasing your dreams, from doing the things you want to do, the things that you know you want to do next. They can stop you in your tracks um, from, from, from doing them. And so um, I, I ask people all the time, you know, what do you need to get that back? What is, what, and what would it look like if you did? What if it, what if that person you're fearful of or that situation you're fearful of if, if they're in your mind, if you can name them, and that's why it's so important to name them. If you can name them, you can deal with them. If it's just this, I don't know if this is the right time, that's different. That's a whole different set of fear. Then you've got to go, you've got to go channel. What, what you're probably missing out on there is clarity. And how do you get clarity? If you, if you can't name what it is that's stopping you and you can't name what it is you're fearful of, then what you don't have yet is clarity on who it is you want to become or what you're being called to do next. And without that, um, you don't have, you can't muster the courage to stomp out the fear that's all around you. So you just kind of exist. You live another yesterday. And so one of the things that we identify early through one-on-one is which, which of these are they really, can you really name it? Can you put a name on it? Well, if so, we can deal with that. Or is it just stagnation? Is it just kind of, you're not sure what it is. Usually that, usually that is the result of unclarity on what it is you're afraid of and who it is you really want to be next. So if I heard this, so in your, in your experience, if someone comes to you and says, Lana, I, I want to make this change. I want to make the second half of my story different. I want to do something different. I have this urge. I have these feelings, right? And you sit down and you get to the conversation and then the F word pops up, not that F word, the other one, fear pops up and they start talking about the fears. And, and, and then they say to themselves, well, I've got these fears, Lon, so I'm just not ready because I have this fear. I'm not ready to take that leap. I'm not ready to write that second half story. Is that, is that true? Is that accurate? Do you, do you have to have all your fears figured out or identified or resolved in order to, to move forward? Is that, is that a roadblock? Is that a stopping point for somebody? If they just say, Hey, I know what this fear is. And I don't know how to get past it because it's a big one, whatever it is to them. And I think the, the thing I do want to mention quickly is, you know, you talk about fears um, and, and I don't want to mention specific fears long because I think you said this perfectly. Whatever you're afraid of is important to you. It may be different for me. I may look at your fear and say, wow, that's that's really kind of small and, and, and inconsequential. Or I may look at your fear and say, wow, that's a big one. Yeah, I, I don't know how you get over that. I, I don't think it's 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 relative to measure someone's fear. But the thing is, it's a fear, right? So if someone has it, does that mean they're not ready to move forward? Should they just kind of pause and stop and figure that out? Or can you still charge ahead and become who you want to be, even if you have that fear still lingering, still still named in your mind, but not something that you can solve for? Yeah, look, I think you're going to have fear all the way through the process. Every step of the way through the process, you're going to feel some level of fear. Some fear you'll be able to name by person or thing, some fear will be unable, you'll be unable to articulate what it is, but there'll be elements of fear because it's a transition. Transitions are scary. They are laden with fear. Why? Because it is synonymous with confidence. And and confidence and fear are are brothers, but they're different. They're Mm -hmm. different. So confidence, you can show up one of the reasons you're going to show up tomorrow to a job you hate, working for people you don't trust, doing things that aren't important, if that's you, is that you're confident the job is there. 
You're confident you survived yesterday and the day before, and you're confident you can survive another day because you survived yesterday. And at the same time, you can be fearful of the fact that you don't like your boss. You can be fearful of the fact you're going to burn another day. And you can be fearful of the fact that you can't quit because you've got too many people depending on you. And so they're, they're related, but different. So I think you go through this whole thing with some level of fear. And what you're looking for is confidence. What you're thinking, boy, if I was just confident enough, I've got this job. And even if you love it, let's take me. I loved my job. I love the company. I love the people I worked with. I, and, and for me, the fear, I was looking for confidence. I wasn't fearful of retribution from my company. That wasn't my fear. I was just hoping that I would, would generate that confidence. And confidence is just the state of feeling certain. I wanted the certainty of knowing that if I left, I'd be okay. And that just doesn't happen. That isn't that that guarantee doesn't exist. At least it didn't for me, man. And so I don't think I don't I think if you wait for your fear to leave and you wait to be confident enough to know that you've got the certainty to be safe, you better be prepared to wait again and again. You better you better you better embrace the fact that you're going to live a whole bunch more yesterdays. Because that's what you're going to have. So really what you need is courage. You need this moment of courage. And courage and confidence are different. Courage is the ability to do something frightening. Confidence is the inability to do something until you're certain. So look, I think, I think the way to get confidence is to exhibit your courage do something courageous, even if it's tiny. Don't quit your job. Don't, that's not step one. Step one isn't <laughs> quitting your job. Step one is do something small that feels courageous, that's frightening. And, and over time, when you layer those up, when you layer one on top of two, on top of three, on top of four, over time, you build confidence in where you're going. You build confidence in the fact that this is indeed the direction you want to go. And you reduce, you drive down your fear because you're getting so excited. It drives up your, your um, enthusiasm for the path you're on. And, uh, and what you need is courage to overcome your fear. Well, let's be honest for a second, Lon. We're all dudes here, right? One thing dudes don't want to do is we don't want to talk about stuff. I don't want to go to my neighbor and say, hey, man, let me tell you what I'm afraid of. Or, you know, hey, hey, spouse or, you know, hey, significant other. Here's my biggest fear. But in reality, is that what we need to do? Is part of what you're kind of sharing with the group here is that if you're willing to vocalize, understand and address your fear. Those are the first little steps you can take to overcome the fear. But you and I both know there are dudes out there right now driving in their car. They pulled over on the side of the road in their Kia Optima and they're like, I'm not telling anybody this ever, right? This, this is not something I'm willing to share. How important is it for them to be able to, to stop and talk to somebody and say to somebody, be it a friend, a colleague, a coworker, a spouse, maybe even it's you, Lon, on, on a call or a meeting to say, Lon, I'm afraid of this. How important is it to actually say those words out loud? Oh, man, it's super important. But I think it's almost impossible to start there. As much as I'd love to sit here and say, yeah, call a friend and take him to coffee and tell him what you're tell him that you're thinking about leaving your job to chase a dream, but you're not sure how it's going to play out at home. Yeah, you should do that. But I don't expect that people can. I mean, that's that's really hard. I didn't. I waited years. I waited years to have that conversation and it started with my with my wife. And it was it was wonderful. I, my regret, my regret is I wish I'd had the courage to start those conversations earlier. So what do you do? You need to start with don't it's not a confessional. You're not going to the world believing you have to confess something, but you do have to show up a little bit curious and you have to start to explore what it is you're feeling, what it is you want to be. You've got to ask all those cheesy, stupid questions that you've heard speakers talk about forever, but you have to explore who it is you want to be. What are the things that make you happy? What are the things that make you jo joyful? And if you can't start there, start with the list of shit you hate. <laughs> you should be able to do that. Start with the stuff that you don't want to tolerate anymore. 
do that. Start with that. But start the conversation with yourself. Even that is going to start to build courage. Here's one of the things I've learned. I ask, when I talk to dudes, um, I, ask, I ask the same series of questions in our ramble. Uh, and I, I told you that, that I, I, I talk about the first several hours of conversation as a ramble. We just go, we just weave here and there. And I ask them, eventually I get to the question. I said, so dude, you've told me about how you're feeling. You've told me about your job. You've told me about you, what you loved. You've told me about what you hated. Um, what do you want? And almost every time I ask that question, Adam, I get silence, this pause, this, and that the furrowed eyebrows, sometimes they kick back in their chair and they're, and, and then they say, I have no idea. I have no idea what I want. I've had one, I asked that question one time to, to a dude. I said, what do you want? And he said, what do you mean? He didn't even know how to, he, he couldn't for himself think for a moment what he wanted for himself. So like, this is really important. And I think we need to dwell here for just a second. The way we go through lives there again, I'm channeling a dude who's somewhere between 35 and 55 made money done well. And, and, and they're at this place where they're, they're willing to trade what they've got and they don't know what to trade it for. And they're feeling awkward and they don't know who to talk to. And the other, the, the most interesting thing is to get where they are, they've never stopped to think about what they want. They've never had to ask the question of themselves, what do they want? They think they know what their wife wants. And it's what they, what they agreed to 15 years ago. You know, it was the contract of, of 2008 that they, that they verbally communicated with one another, uh, husband and wife on what each each responsibility, each person's responsibility be. And that is uh, one of the spouses is going to go to work and claw and grime and uh, grind and be motivated professionally and be the provider. And in most cases, the people who come to me, the other one isn't doing that. They're the ones who are sacrificing just as much, but differently. They're the ones sacrificing their career to stay home, to take care of the family, to um, do all the hard, hard work, the thankless important hard work of staying home. And when that, when that day starts, the first uh, child comes into the mix, there's an agreement, an unwritten agreement that says, usually the husband's going to go climb, scratch, claw, climb, and the, the wife is going to stay home. And the, the husband assumes that for a period of time, now going on 15 years, that that contract is still the right contract. That contract is still the contract he's operating under. That what she, his spouse wants is for him to, to grow and climb and put in the hours and put in the travel and make more money and provide the nice car and live in a nicer house. But in the reality is he's never gone back and asked if that contract is still valid, if that's still what she wants. And now he's starting to think, well, maybe this isn't what I want but I can't go back and redo that contract. She's got expectations. So what do you do? You keep grinding it out. This is a long way of saying at some point, you've got to figure out every dude's wired differently, but you've got to find someone, some way, a book, a journal, a coach, a friend, or your spouse to have that open and honest conversation about that starts with, I'm not as happy as I used to be. And I'm not sure why. Is fear a negative thing? I mean, in some respects, right? You think about what fear could mean to somebody. It could it could cause them to to make a change. It could cause them to to be on the quote unquote lookout for something, right? I think when we think about fear, you know, we've been talking it so far, kind of in that scared, negative context. I don't know what's going to happen, or I can't do this because of of whatever. But is fear intrinsically a negative thing in your opinion? Aren't there are there positive traits that you try to point out to people? as they tell you their fears to help them sort of understand, maybe this isn't, you know, your body's way of saying, don't do this. Maybe this is your mind's way of saying you have to do this. How do you kind of differentiate differentiate between those two? Yeah. So is fear negative? Not always, man. I think fear is essential. I think hmm. we've all got it. You know, there's fear and an imposter syndrome. Fear comes in, in all shapes and sizes. I think fear is essential. I don't think it's all bad. I think fear that you don't deal with is the exact 
thing that eventually drives anxiety. You, over time, will become very uncomfortable with what it is you've gotten comfortable with. And that unpleasant emotion over time becomes a, a, a rut that you're kind of stuck in. And that's where it gets really, really, really dangerous. When you're afraid to articulate how you feel to your boss, when you're afraid to articulate that you're no longer happy at work to your spouse, that fear becomes a rut and you just sink deeper and deeper and deeper into it. Now, the, that's the negative, but the positive side of fear. Look, I wouldn't have left my company without fear. I wouldn't have left if I, and my fear there was, what if I stay too long? My fear was, what if I never go live the life and chase the dream that I know I have inside of me? What if I never go figure out what I was capable of being? My fear was, I will regret not taking the chance. That is a super healthy, wonderful um, unpleasant emotion, fear. It's, it's that unpleasant emotion that I used as a tool to, to, to spring forward. But I'd be, I'd be lying to you if I said, once I felt fear, I made the change. No, I felt fear for a long time. But it was ultimately fear and my willingness to deal with it that said, my time, my work here is done. My work here is done. And it's time for me to go figure out and put in the work and use all the skills, use all I've become over the last 30 years to figure out and put to work who it is I'm capable of being. I want to stay on that for a second because I want to make sure people, and maybe I, I want to make sure I understood you correctly. Um, you know, I, I think there, there isn't this aha moment, right? Like this one day where you wake up and all of a sudden, you know, like a, like a Hollywood production, you know, the sun and the moon and the stars align and this big flash of light comes and you go, oh my goodness, this is it for me. If what I heard you just tell everybody was, this was a process for you. You felt the fear, you, you, you squelched it. It came up a little bit again, you brushed it off. You felt it a third time. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna worry about that later. But at some point in time, you know, you, you sort of evolve to a space where you say, okay, I, I'm ready to deal with that, with that fear. But I think people have maybe this misperception that they're gonna look out the window and there's gonna be a giant sign that says, this is your time. And I think that's just some Pollyanna, you know, Hollywood magic ending kind of stuff. Do, do you, how much do you kind of instill in people the process? of going through these things, the process of starting small and building yourself up to that point in time. Because I can't imagine that that people are very patient in these situations, but that almost feels like that's the name of the game here, right? Be patient, listen to yourself, understand yourself, and wait until your time is right. Wait until that opportunity is right for you versus hoping that you're going to find it or see it in the sky one day. Yeah, so you said really three super important things. One, this doesn't happen overnight. The only way it happens overnight is if the emotion of a moment becomes so great that you just say, screw it, and you walk out. And that happens. Um, that can be the flash. It won't feel like it won't feel like a flash, most likely, especially leading up to that. It might feel great as you're walking out, might not, but it's it's not it's not a flash. I think that uh, two, I, I'll say this. it does it is there is a process. It's a process I went through. It's a process I understand. It's a process I teach. And it's a process that takes time. It took me to, to diagnose and take myself through it. It took about four years. I tell most people when they come to me, you better plan on at least six months because it's going to take several months for you to figure yourself out, let alone before we can actually get to where who you want to be. I mean, that's, that's, that's great. But it's going to take six months and it's going to be a process. And you're going to you're going to learn so much about yourself in those six months, especially in the first three months. You, it's it's kind of rearward facing. And in the, the next three months, it's very much forward facing. But you're going to learn a ton about yourself um, in there. But I will say this. I will say this. For me, there was a moment after I went through a whole bunch of process and after I did a whole bunch of exploring, you know, my, my process boils down into four things. It's, it's exploring, it's the ramble, it's the months you'd go and just really exploring who you are and getting clarity on that. 
you know, one of the hardest things you do, one of the hardest things, so crazy, but one of the hardest things to do is to know without excuse who it is you are and to put it into words. I mean, I, it is one of the hardest things to do and most don't do it. I, I bet, I bet there's less than single digit percentage of the people listening to this podcast can write down who they are their moral values and, and and they've rehearsed it it's there they they know who they are and then even a smaller percentage have the courage to be that person think about that think about that to know who you are and have the courage to stand in it it's the hardest thing it is the single hardest thing i've done on this earth to 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 do the hard work of knowing who i was and it started by knowing who I no longer wanted to be. That's where it started. I didn't know who I was. I just knew I, I no longer wanted to be the person I was becoming. It does not mean I was becoming a bad person. It does not mean, mean I regret one hour of that time on that path. It just means that I came to this point where I realized I didn't want to be that person anymore. That is that, that aha moment. And just listen, Give yourself permission to have that moment. Give, your per, give yourself the permission right now, if you can, to let go of thinking that you have to be the person you were yesterday. You don't. And you don't have to be the person you're capable of being starting tomorrow. You don't. You just have to acknowledge that you're, you just pivoted. And that is a freeing moment. It's like, okay, okay, okay. Maybe I, maybe I don't want to be here in five years. Maybe I don't want to be here in two years. Maybe I don't want to be here in two months. But now you've confessed. There's a confessional out there to yourself at this point. And once you, once you can feel it, now we go back to the conversations. Now you've got something to talk to your wife about. Hey, I'm thinking about this. Or a friend. Hey, have you ever thought about this? Or a coach, hey, I just started thinking about this. Can you help me? I'm willing to pay you. By the way, I'm willing to pay you a few thousands of dollars to help me be who, I'm, who I want to become. Seems like a reasonable trade. These are, these are the things. That's where it starts. That's the first lightning moment. Um, then later in the process, um, you get to this point where you've got some clarity on who it is you want to become. And now you're at this point where you've got a choice to make. You've actually got a to make. You've got the path you're on and the person you've become on the road to the person you are becoming. And you've got this plan B. You've got this optionality. You've got this other thing. And it's scary and it's full and it's exciting and it's different. And you built it. It's yours. It's what you want. It's, it's all these things. It's all they want. And it's in your words. And it's not already built. And it's not just there for the taking. It's it requires risk and it requires all these things. But now you've got a trade. You you've got you've got a decision to make. You're going to continue down the path you were on yesterday, or you're going to start down a path you've got tomorrow. And you can start doing that even in cadence by doing experiments on, do I still like it? Do I still like it? Do I still like it? And by the way, you're not doing it during your work hours. These are just a few hours, a few hours a, a month that you're doing that. So you go through that process and then something crazy happens. And the biggest thing for me was, um, when the fear melted away from me, when I was, I was, I was holding that trade and you guys can't see me, but in one hand, I want you to envision I'm holding up a fist and that's the path I'm on. That's the public company executive path I'm on. And it was an option for me to continue down that path. And the other one was uncertainty. It was, I don't have a resume. I don't have a Rolodex. I don't have a hundred million dollars in the bank. I don't have, I'm not independently wealthy, but it's exciting. And I am drawn to it. And I had a decision to make. And then it dawned on me. That in that moment, the thing I needed to let go was the person I used to be. And I got to use the person I was in this day to pursue who it is I wanted to be. And then the trade became this. And the, the moment 
the, the, the moment in my life when I felt the lightest is when the words, maybe my work here is done, came out of my mouth. The moment, and I said them to my wife, we're sitting in this little, little uh, bar uh, in Minneapolis and the words, maybe my work here is done. And that's what I need to do. I need to be done there and start my second half story. And once that came out of my mouth, I became willing to talk about it. I became willing to tell others about it. And I became who I was capable of being. I, be, I didn't know that that's not true. I set down the path of figuring out how I was going to become who I was capable of being. And in that moment, probably of any time in my whole life, was the most freeing moment I've had as a leader. Did you know that at the time? As, as, as that emotion hit you, did, did you feel it at, to say that this is it, this is the moment? I tell you this, I, in the moment I said the words, maybe my work here is done. I knew it. It, it just, everything felt me. Now, here's the thing. I did years of work to get to that. That wasn't just a, oh, good conversation. Here we go. I, that, that was years of work. That was years of exploring, step number one in my process. That was years of learning and investing. I spent a lot of money. I spent a lot of time and money trying to figure out who I was capable of being and what I wanted. It took a long time. What do I want, man? What do I want? I can tell you what I want now. And then it took three, number three, the third step in the process is testing test the thesis. I became a coach. I took on some clients. This is what I really want. And even in coaching, I, I learned that I can be an executive coach and a damn good one, but it's not, I don't know that that is even the type of coaching I want. If your second story is to be a public company executive, then that's what I want. I want to help people figure out who they're capable of being and then chase it. And then the fourth step is making the trade and helping you figure out how you want to make the trade. Those are the four steps. And it took me years to get through all the way through those steps. But there are moments of realization through there that are just awesome. Well, yeah, I want to get back to that because you said something earlier about, you know, the, the small steps along the way. And I think that's important to allow yourself the opportunity to feel those small wins as they come. And, and I'll give you a quick example, if I can, Lon, from, from our own journey together. You know, a lot of, I, I mentioned this on a few other shows, a lot of your posts that start to resonate with me, got my mind working around what's, what, what am I doing here? What am I feeling? What's happening? Kind of the very same things that, that you, you talked about. Am, am I changing my, who I thought I was? Uh, and, and on a whim, I, I sent you an email and start a conversation. And I sent you a note that said, let's start a podcast. And that was my fear moment because you could have written back to me and said, not interested. Don't have any idea. Don't don't have any time for that. Right. You wrote back and said, let's talk. And that was a small step as I look back at it now and me overcoming that first fear of saying, can I am I changing? Should I think about other things? Are there other avenues for me? And and, and I look back in that moment now, what, four or five episodes into this and that, that was my fear moment. And, and it was a small win and there's more to come. But celebrate that small one celebrate those small moments where you would where you step up to the fear again as small or as minor as minuscule as you think it is and you overcome it maybe it's you send that email to that person you, you've been meeting to talk to maybe it's you get that text message you want to send maybe it's you read that book that you've been you know putting off reading maybe it's you look at a coach that you haven't ever looked at but celebrate those small wins along the way man because that's the that's the fun part of the journey i always think of it this way i, I think about a timeline you know, the old history book timeline where 1800s and it goes all the way to 1900s and there's little dots along the way i think back to my life and i think through i can't wait to write my timeline I can't wait to write in 2021, I did this. In 2020, I did this. And, and that's part of how I think about my journey is, man, whenever it's over, and I don't know when that is, and, and maybe your journey's not over a lot at this point, right? I don't know if we can ever say that, but I can't wait to write that timeline, man, or I can't wait to go back and read it because I think that's going to be the, the the pinnacle of saying, I can I can you know respect and understand where I've been and where I am now. Oh, man, I love that. You just articulated it beautifully in, in your own story. Um, that I'm, I'm getting to be a part of you. You contacted me at a moment when you were curious, you were showing up curious, trying to figure out I'm putting, I'm, I'm asking, but my guess is you were trying to figure out a whole bunch of things. You were curious about what you were feeling. You were curious about why you, with all the success you've had, and you've had a ton, why you couldn't feel 
as successful as you were and why you couldn't feel as successful as you felt a few years ago. And what were you doing? You were exploring. And you you had to channel what felt like this crazy amount of courage. You had to channel. You weren't confident I was going to say yes. You had to summons. And this is what I'm talking about. You had to summons the courage to send an email, to pitch to a dude you've never met. Your vision, your curiosity over whether or not this would make a good podcast. And then you had to stand in it. You had to see what was going to come back. And what came back was, let's talk. And that's what happened. And, and so that's what you did. You were exploring. You were, you were curious. You exhibited courage. And you tried something that has cost you some time. That's the next step, learning and investing. It's cost you some time. Maybe you've spent some dollars on this. I don't know. But my whole point is you're in step two already in this process. Um, and, uh, and, and, and it's the learning and investing. You might decide, and I hope not, you might decide in a few episodes, like, Hey man, I'm out. Hey, it was a good run, dude. But this <laughs> your co-pilot, uh, got a better gig, but my whole point is, and by the way, let me just say, uh, if that is it, dude, I get it. Cause I'll be your co-pilot any day, boss, man. So, um, uh, you're just working, you're just working the exact process that every dude I talk to goes through. They usually find me when they just need a beacon. They need, they need a lantern. They need someone to pull their eyes off the path they're on and get them looking at something else so that they can dream for a moment about maybe what they want. That's dudes don't allow themselves to dream about what it is they want. Let's talk about, you know, when you think of fear, there's always that old, that age old adage, overcome your fears, face your fears, right? Um, but I want to talk about the difference between quieting a fear and overcoming a fear, because I think there's probably things you can do to quiet the noise, right? To quiet the fear for a little bit. But in reality, did, did you really overcome the fear? And in your opinion, do you need to overcome some of these fears to start on your second half journey? How do you think about the quieting of a fear versus overcoming and whether or not overcoming is even the goal or should be the goal as you think about your particular fear? I, I'll go back to what I, something I said earlier, and that is your fear is not going to go away, man. You're not, you're not going to, your fear in whatever you ultimately decide to do in whatever life you're living in five years from now, you're going to have, you're going to have fear. And what you've got to do is channel your courage. I believe that that is the only way that you actually build this muscle of how it is you deal with fear. And usually almost in every context, it comes down to a really awkward conversation that you know you're avoiding. I'll, I'll tell you, I, I, hundreds of hours and hundreds of clients, I would bet that 75 or 80% of them, by the time we get down to it, I've identified a single person and a single conversation that hasn't yet happened. And that avoidance just gives fear power. It just grows and grows and grows. So what do you do? You got to summon some courage. You got to take that back. The only way, the only way over the mountain of fear is to climb it and you climb it with courage. And yeah, is it going to suck, man? I'm not going to tell you it's, it's not going to suck. It's going to suck. It is going to suck, man. It is going to suck, but it's not going to suck as much as another year of avoiding a conversation you wish you'd had already a year ago. You got to summons that courage and then you'll find a new fear, but so what? So what? Change your problem. I, I love your problems. Never go away. You just change them. Um, so, so trade your problems, trade this fear for the next one, but find a way through it or over it and, uh, and live with that new set of problems you've got. You're in such a unique spot because you get an opportunity to talk to dudes sometimes in the very first part of their journey. And then sometimes the, at the very last part of their journey. And to your point, that journey never really stops. I think that's another myth. Like you don't just get there and go, aha, I'm done. See y'all later. And I'm checking out. Like it doesn't just stop. You continue to evolve, but you have that 
awesome, awesome, you know, opportunity to see that from the beginning and then see that from, you know, from the ending perspective, at least that, that version of the ending. What do people say to you most? Or is there more fear about doing what it is I think I want to do or fear staying where I am and not ever doing that thing? Where do you see more of the fear as you think about it on both ends of that spectrum? Well, this is the, this is the positive and negative of fear. Um, I use that fear. I, I, I talk about the four ways I show up to every conversation. Um, I know within the first 10 minutes that I need to show up as a certain character and I'll use that. It's me. It's me every time it's this guy, but I'll, I'll know what, what is needed. And it, it's these four. It's the guide, the guard, the lantern and the key. And usually by the time uh, I show up on LinkedIn, I show up in my writing, I show up on this podcast as a lantern. I show up as, Hey, listen to this. I think I got, I think I've got you figured out and, and I at least can understand where you're at. And so just know that there's hope for you. That's one, the lantern. Then I show up as a guide. Let's get on a phone call. Let's figure this out. And it's the quintessential traditional sense of the word guide. I'm going to help you figure out what is the next step. We might not figure out, we sure as shit won't figure out in the first hour what your second half story is, but we might figure out, and I would suggest that we will figure out, what's the next step, man? What's the tiny little next step? What's that one degree of difference that might be the first degree in a 180 change? Let's figure that out. And let's just start there. Those are the baby steps. That's a process. The third way I show up is as a, as a, as a, as a guard. And the last one is a key, but I want to talk about the guard. And the guard is channeling one of the levels of fear. The guard shows up to say, hey, man, if you're not happy now, do you think you're going to be happy in five years if you don't make a change? And do you think you'll be happy in 10 years when you think you're going to grind it out another 10 years and retire? Are you sure that that's the life you want to live? And if you do, will you regret never trying? Will you regret never giving whatever is in your second half story, a shot? Will you regret never taking a chance on yourself? Will you regret that? Man, don't do that. Don't put yourself through that regret. That's the guard. That is the, that's how I use risk in that scenario. Um, and then the other side of risk is to embrace it as an adventure and the risk of, of uh, getting it right. What if you take this risk and you get it right? What if you take this risk and you help a thousand dudes live their second half story in my case? And what if I get it wrong and I help three? Okay. You know, I won't regret it. I'll never get 10 years down the line and say, boy, I wish I, I wish I'd never helped those guys, you know, just didn't really do it for me. It's, it's impossible. So fear, fear, that's how you channel both sides of fear in the process. Um, and both can be helpful and both, um, one can op fear can you work as a sail and it can work as an anchor. Um, but you have to pivot them at some point in the process. Again, such great insight, Lon, from you on, on that topic of fear. I think my key takeaway is, um, you know, the, the neutralizer, if you will, that's my word I'll use the neutralizer of fear is courage, right. Is, is continuing to exhibit courage to, to neutralize that fear. Uh, such, such great, powerful message. Uh, and, uh, I know I appreciate, I'm sure everybody out there listening, appreciate you sharing that as well. Uh, before we, uh, we wrap here, why don't you give some uh, folks a, a understanding of where they can find more from you, how they can connect with you and how they can become part of the normal 40 community. Yeah, man. I love it. So I show up here with you and thanks Adam for continuing to show up here and do this. I know that, uh, man, you're just doing this because you're, you're curious and you're a great dude and you do a great job, dude. You really do. I hear it again and again and again. And we're gonna we're gonna switch roles here one of these days soon. And, uh, <laughs> we'll see. Questions. Well, I get I gotta get over that fear. We'll see if we can do that. All right. Well, I'm I am confident, uh, and that you'll summons the courage to do that. So look, you can find us here. And let me say one more thing about that. I didn't realize until I had a podcast, and this is episode four, that that thing they say about hey, like and subscribe, it matters. Actually, matters. It's the only way, it's the only tool we have to really extend the, extend the reach. It's one of two tools, I should say, and it's a good one. Um, so you can find us here and I hope that you continue to do it. We've got some previous podcasts that, that we hope will be helpful if this is your first one. The second place I show up is on LinkedIn and I show up there really, really consistently. 
Um, and I usually show up as the lantern. I just explained what those three, uh, four things are. And I show up as a lantern. Um, and I, and I try to just say, Hey, look, man, if this is your time, I'm here, I'm here. And I know where you're at. Let's talk. And that's a sincere op- offer. Another place I show up inside of LinkedIn is this private community I've got that you can join. You can re- send me a direct message, or I usually put a link under some of my posts to say, Hey, join this private group. And there I show up as a, as a, uh, more of a guide. I provide things in there that are a guide. And by the way, there's 1800 people in there. 1800 people who are feeling what you're feeling. And the only way to get in is because I let you in. And the only people who can see you once you're in are the people who are in. So I don't want you to think that, that uh, big LinkedIn is going to have any visibility into who's in there. They won't. So um, that's how I show up there. Find that also on LinkedIn. Another way is uh, my website. My website is where you can go to book a call, free call, paid call, uh, whichever you'd like. And it's also a place where I'm, I'm going to start a community there too a low cost subscription-based community where we're going to do events like this live with me and you, Adam, if you're willing to show up uh, on a periodic basis, at least once a month. And we're going to have real live conversations with real live dudes who are going through all the shit that we all go through at, at different times. And um, uh, that's, those are all of the places where I show up on normal40.com. Awesome. And, and again, make sure if you're following along that you are, uh, you're finding lawn at all those places, bookmark that website. Uh, but also I want to share a quick note on the pod as well. And I, I think lawn talked to, talk to it well, but here's what I want you to do. If you can listen to the show, if you like what we do and, and only if you like what we do, tell a friend, tell two friends, tell somebody who hasn't heard of us before, tell somebody who hasn't listened before and just, Hey, I want you to listen to this. Send them, send them a DM, send them a, a text message. You can, you can put the link right in there. Uh, so if you like what we do, share it to a friend. And, and I want you there for one reason, not because it's going to help them because it might help you it might help you find that ally, find that person that you've been trying to talk to. It might help you bridge that gap in that relationship to get over that fear that you're looking at. So do us a favor, subscribe to the show again, share with one friend and, uh, and that would make us happy. Uh, and, and until the next time, Lon, we'll do another one of these in the, in the relative, uh, very near future, but we want to thank everyone out there for listening, for showing up here. Thanks for being curious. You keep showing up. We'll keep showing up. We'll see you next time.